0: This is part two of the respiratory medications. This is going to focus on the upper airway medications now. So our first medication um, that is used for um, allergic rhinitis um, and allergy symptoms in um, general is an H. One antagonist. So this is better known as diphenhydramine. It inhibits the action of histamine by binding to the H1 receptor sites on the mast cells in the respiratory tract and it decreases the ability of the mast cell to release histamine. So there are first and second generation uh, H1 blockers. Um, the difference between the two is that the second generation citrazine uh, there's fewer uh, CNS effects due to decreased uptake across the blood brain barrier. There's a longer half life of this medication as well versus diphenhydramine. Efficacy is equivalent, but fewer side effects were associated uh, with uh, or are associated with second generation. Um, so, uh, first generation has more drowsiness, sedation, more dry mouth, and has a shorter half life. So, diphenhydramine you're going to end up taking multiple times a day. Versus citrazine or any of the second generation H1 blockers, um, you're really only going to be taking once a day. So both of these are over the counter. Um, uh, Diphenhydramine used to be a little bit more expensive. It still is a little more expensive, uh, but prices have really come down over the last few years for the second uh, generation. antihistamines. Things we need to be concerned about with any antihistamine is other medications that the individuals are on. Remember, these have anticholinergic side effects. So the elderly, uh, we need to be concerned about giving these to the elderly. Uh, It can cause some increased side effects of other medications that they're on. It can also cause increased urinary retention, increased constipation. And then also just knowing that other medications can have uh, first and second generation medications inside of them already. So if an individual is taking diphenhydramine for it, acute allergic rhinitis, um, and then they also take a sleeping pill at night, they need to make sure that the sleeping pill at night doesn't also have diphenhydramine, uh as its main or as an ingredient. If we get outside of the oral pills, our next medication is uh, um, fluticasone, which is a nasal antihistamine. Um, It reduces um, hyperactivity of the upper airways and works more locally just on the sinuses and the nose. So it is an H1 antagonist. Um, Two sprays each nostril, um, two sprays per nostril once daily initially Um, and then if they have to they can do two sprays each nostril twice daily but this would be under specific direction of an ear nose and throat doctor not necessarily primary care or in the inpatient setting we really just try to do two sprays each side once a day for five days and then decrease down to one spray each side Once a day uh, from then on, it takes about five days for it to actually start working inside of the sinuses. So the symptoms, the runny nose, the sore throat, the headaches associated with allergic rhinitis start to go away around that time. So it just needs to um, just specific instructions on that. Uh, especially administration you're going to tilt the head forward spray towards the sinus cavity not the septum of the nose if you spray it towards the septum of the nose you actually get this uh, increased risk for uh, epistaxis which can be quite significant uh, especially if the individual has no history of uh, nosebleeds they're going to be scared to death that their nose is bleeding all the time and they can't get it under control Um, so we need to make sure that they're using it correctly um, and after you spray it into the sinus cavity, you're not doing a forcible sniff. Uh, most people will spray it a couple of times and then sniff in really hard to feel like they're getting it up into their sinuses or deeper into their nose. And really, all they're doing is sucking it down the back of their throat and potentially, in, you know, down down into their lungs, which by itself won't have any side effects or won't have any like negative income outcomes. But what you need to be concerned about is that it can cause a straining of the vocal cords and then the individual can lose their voice for a short period of time. It'll come back, uh, but we're also then not getting the medication up into the sinus cavities. So adverse effects could be bad taste, nasal irritation, maybe some headaches. Um, and it is a steroid. The chance is very low, but maybe some, some weight gain. Um, but really the loss of smell um, can also be something of concern. Um, decongestants. So this is the oral administration of decongestants, but also there's nasal spray decongestant. So pseudoephedrine is over the uh, can be over the counter, uh, but the pseudofed that is behind the counter from the pharmacist does a really good job at helping. Uh, decreased congestion in the sinuses. We need to be concerned about people with a history of hypertension. They should not be taking almost all decongestants as almost all decongestants can cause uh, increase in blood pressure. Um, So the um, alternatives for uh, for these individuals really uh, is going to be Um, the phenylephrine nasal spray or the afrin nasal spray and two sprays each side um, every 12 hours um, is how it's supposed to be administered and it should not be taken more than three days after three days you run the risk of the body then becoming dependent upon the phenylephrine spray to clear and open up its nasal uh, uh, and sinus cavities and then the patient um, is probably going to have to be managed on uh, fluticasone for a while, uh, intranasal fluticasone to help with um, these nasal passages uh, until their body gets readjusted to not having the phenylephrine being sprayed. So the intranasal um, does a really application of phenylephrine does a really good job, but also has some true potential side effects of the body becoming uh, dependent upon it to um, work correctly. Okay, so chronic allergies should not be um, an indication for decongestants. Chronic allergies, we got the problem is histamines. We got to take the medication specifically for that. Um, We have uh, antitussive medication as well, things that can help uh, decrease the cough. Uh, Sometimes there's post-nasal drip that can happen associated with upper respiratory um, uh, allergies. And so dextromethorphan can be ordered. Um, It is something that should not be given to asthma patients. Asthma patients sometimes struggle to get their secretions up. Um, If we suppress their drive to cough, Uh, then will just lead to more secretions sitting inside of the pulmonary system, leading to uh, worsening asthma symptoms. Guifenesin is something that's also really good for um, upper respiratory uh, congestion, especially in the setting of sinus infections. This can help thin the secretions inside the sinuses um, and help pass the thick mucus that has the infective bacteria, um, and help get this out of the system. Um, Of note, all patients who have COPD should be on guafenicin. All patients who have COPD should be on guafenicin. It helps thin their secretions and helps them be able to um, cough up their thick uh, mucus secretions. And so there is a potential for dizziness, drowsiness, headache, nausea, kidney stone formation, but realistically, there's not many side effects um, to this medication that I've heard of. Um, I, you know, there, there are these side effects that are reported in the apps, uh, but this is a medication that is a pretty safe side effect profile. And with all patients that are taking medication that will thin their secretions, We need to increase their fluid intake as long as they don't have renal failure or congestive heart failure, and that helps the medication work better.